Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shana. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed a Spellcast. Plus special guest. That's me. I'm Monique. <laughs> <laughs> with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed Hello, listeners, all three of you. We love you very much. And we're back. Hello, listener. (laughs) Hello, singular. Um, So uh, Bryce and I are back. This is our first time recording since having been in separation. It sounds like we were divorcing. (laughs) I know. It was a rough time. Yes. Yeah, this is our first time recording an episode before it is about to be released, like in the same time span. Yeah, exactly, in sequence. So we're very happy to be back, and we're also very frightened to be back because we don't remember how to verbalize our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm. It is currently February. The last time we did this was mid-December. Yes. So if we sound awful, it's only because of that. Shana, what? Um, (laughs) true. Anyhow... We're so happy to be back in this space. At least I'm happy. I don't know. Bryce, are you happy? Super happy. Okay. Pumped. Pumped. Stoked. (laughs) And every other adjective that we could possibly Mm -hmm. use. Perfectly Um, ones that come from Southern California. Rad. Rad. Hella rad. Hella nar. Dope as hell. Dope as hell. Oh, um, I guess we should introduce the the voice that's in our background right now. Not just in our heads. Not just in our heads that you might be expecting. Not that we know of. Please welcome our very first special guest on the pod, Monique Jevrotsky. That's me. I'm Monique. I haven't seen any of the episodes except for this episode we will be talking about today, so I'm truly an outsider bringing in that fresh perspective. She may be an outsider to Charmed, but she is an insider to my heart. Oh. And that's what counts. That's too much. That's too much. On the too pod. gooey. Let's go to <laughs> dial back. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm built this way. There's no reverse. We saw the Lego movie, the second part, mm, last night, perfect. Monique and I. And um, the whole thing is that this one character is like so good hearted and nice and innocent. And sometimes I do indeed feel like that. Oh, yeah. I do indeed feel like Chris Pratt before he got buff <laughs> and chiseled. Anyway, I recommend all see the Lego movie part two. There's something for everyone. I was talking to Monique about this while you were in the bathroom, and I was telling her that um, the people who created or created, maybe produced, I think they directed the first Lego movie. They also produced Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. They did? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about that. It was, I just saw that one recently, and it was very, very good. Will recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was saying, they really breathed new life into the genre of Spider-Man movies. I agree. <laughs> and um, they just ground everyone in a reality that I hadn't seen before for that kind of like superhero character. I loved that movie as well. 
the last two the last two movies I saw that I was like these are good movies both animated features mm-hmm. amazing I think um, the two people I'm thinking of when I relate these movies together is Phil Lord and Chris Miller and I really enjoy, enjoy what they do with animated stuff because apparently I learned this over my winter break but they created Clone High which is a very short-lived television show and it's kind of about um, these teenagers who are You've heard of this. I might have. Is this the one where it's the famous figures? Yes. yes. So they found DNA from all these famous figures, and they just kind of, like, cloned them. So this got, they've got, like, Abe Lincoln, Cleopatra, like, more people. JFK, uh, I JFK. believe. JFK. Yes. There's, okay, <laughs> the some bang. good stuff. And then they all kind of, like, grew them in a lab. So now they're all at the age, they're the exact same age, to so go to high school together, and it's just a high school where they, like, all come together and just try to navigate regular adolescent pressures. Wow. I would love to see that because I feel if I see – a very famous historical figure being a normal person and trying to figure out puberty, I would feel a lot better about myself. Hmm, fair enough. Why was this short-lived? Um, I think there's a lot of backlash because people thought they were being maybe sacrilegious against some of their more... Um, oh, that would make sense. Because I think Gandhi... Not Gandhi. Maybe Gandhi. Maybe Gandhi or the Dalai Lama. Yeah, right. one of them was also a character. Oh, tricky. It's so tricky when we're in such a self-reflexive kind of time in media Mm -hmm. because it seems as though everything is fair game Mm -hmm. in terms of referential material. Uh, But it's not necessarily because it means more to some people than it does to others. And for some people, it's just an image. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we're all a little more aware of our internalized biases as well. So, like, I think just having this sort of topic is it, it gives a lot more opportunity for these biases to show through and we're a little more able to see that. So. Right, especially because you're taking these characters who have a very important historical context and you're recontextualizing them in like a new environment. So mm-hmm. we're all like thinking about how do I feel about this now, now right. that they're like different. I would say that the one medium that did that really well, taking these famous historical figures and kind of recontext- recontextualizing them and using their stories for like a younger audience especially, mm-hmm. were the royal diaries. Ah. <laughs> um, And, I mean, this is only my opinion, so who knows. But I thought those were really incredible books because they would depict kind of the inner lives of these young, usually female royals, princesses. Mm -hmm. And you got to learn so much about what they had to go through and what they had to deal with every day. And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of things were made up or were exaggerated for the sake of making a uh, a more fluid narrative. But... I thought those were really important and good works for young people to read. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we really segued or we really diverted ourselves. Diverted. We just, well, I could talk about books all day, but Oops. we're not going to because we're going to talk about something much more important: TV. <laughs> um, you heard it here first, folks. TV is the lifeblood of our times. Uh, okay, so manner keeping. Manner keeping. Manner keeping. Let's get it. I feel like we were already kind of doing this. Okay, my piece of manner keeping that is very, very exciting to me is that uh, my grad program is hosting a panel on the coming out metaphor in 90s fantasy television. Yeah, and I'm very, very excited about this. And it's going to be taking Xena, Buffy, and Charmed, um, the earlier seasons, and kind of looking at how queer expression is used in language that does not necessarily point to a character being queer because, you know, that was not really something that was acceptable at that time. But it still used the metaphor of coming out, of isolation, of difference, and 
use that to communicate a message that they couldn't necessarily say explicitly. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be on February 27th um, at 6 p.m. at NYU Tisch School of the Arts, and it is free and open to the public. So if you're in the New York area, please, please come by. We're going to be doing a screening of a Buffy episode, a clip reel from all the shows mentioned, and this is the most exciting part. Um, I'm going to be moderating a little panel with Kristen Russo of Buffering the Vampire Slayer and Heather Hogan of Autostraddle. And I am so freaking psyched about it because both of them are my inspirations for looking critically at media. And Kristen was one of our inspirations for starting this podcast. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a good gay time. So please come out. Yeah. She did that. She did did that. She did that. I will also say that I've been listening to more buffering in preparation for when I attend this panel, as I plan to do. And they had, I didn't realize this because I guess I just didn't listen to enough episodes, but they have Kate Leth as kind of a guest and she does like a fashion review. Mm -hmm. And I used to follow Kate Leth because she writes a comic series that I really liked called Sex Criminals. Oh. Have you heard of it? I haven't read it, but I do know of it. Yeah. She's like groundbreaking. Um, she's also very funny on Twitter. Oh, that's so exciting. So, y'all should come to the panel. Also listen to Buffering, of course. It's incredible. If you like us in any way, you will like them way more. If you don't like us, give us another chance by listening to them first. Yes, <laughs> yes. Good, good. That is that is most of my big announcement, manner keeping. Um, also, there's just been a lot of crap going on in the U.S. recently. And I, we took such a long break from this, from actually recording, that I don't know how to take everything that's happened in the last like month and a half and remix it in order to give some sort of political commentary or whatever, as we, you know, tend to do. Just, just to say that it's tough. It's real tough out there right now hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I am heartened by the way that people are coming together as always. And my optimism lies in that more than anything that the administration is doing. Mm -hmm. That was good stuff. And I also think that there's been a lot of sparks of hope as we've been hearing about people who have decided to run for president, like a bunch of presidential candidates are stepping up and a lot of good things are happening in local and state governments. Yes, A a lot of really cool things happening in local government for sure. People who were not previously um, encouraged to run Mm -hmm. feel as though they are encouraged and they are self-motivated to take a leadership role. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. There's nothing going on in my life. All right. But you're visiting New York. I am visiting New York. I'm here. from Boston. From Boston, yeah. So we are now an interstate uh, podcast. But that is something that's going on in your life. You are visiting er, New York from Boston. Indeed I am. I'm having a great time. We're going to a burlesque show tonight. (gasps) Yes, we are. Is it Switch and Play? It is Switch and Play. Our perennial favorite, Switch and Play. Have you been to burlesque? I've never been to a burlesque. I'm extremely excited to be at a burlesque. I've always wanted to go to a burlesque. And I think this is the most um, welcoming of burlesque shows because it's so intimate. Like you feel as if everyone there is a friend of yours Aww. rather than it's like a big production. Yeah, it's wonderful. I like that. I'm Shout excited. out Switch and Play. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to this episode. <gasps> so hello, welcome. This is, uh, if you didn't know, this is a show about Charmed um, or a podcast about Charmed and the show is about the Charmed Ones. So, welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of Charmed, 
Wicca Envy. And this aired January 13th, 1999. Ah. Uh, yeah, hey. And it was directed by Mel Damsky and written, again, co-written by Brad Kern and Cheryl J. Anderson. Okay, 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 okay. So. Time for our three cap. Our three cap, As you've yes. coined it in the past ten minutes. I am going to keep that phrase, three cap. I like it. No, it's good. I love it. Okay, so. For our three cap, we go over the entire episode using the three big arcs from the perspectives of the three different sisters. Mm-hmm. Three cap. Three, three cap. cap. A three cap. A three cap. A boom, boom, boom. I need to make a theme song for the three cap. Not a kneecap. Just the three cap. It's not a kneecap. It's, it's just a three, a three cap. cap. A chump, chump, chump. Okay. <laughs> all right. So starting with Prue. Yes, starting with Prue. Um, all right. So in this episode... Prue is accused of first grand larceny and then of murder, um, which is very stressful for her. But it turns out she did not do either of those things. She was framed for it by her boss, Rex Buckland, who is a demon man from hell and wants to (laughs) take her powers. Um, So that is kind of what she's dealing with all episode. Indeed. I like to call that storyline... Law and Order S.V. Prue. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the most heinous crimes in San Francisco. <laughs> in San Francisco. Okay, and then the second, and my favorite, which I shouldn't say is my favorite, but it is my favorite, Piper. So, Piper. Piper. So she is, of course, assisting in making sure everybody finds Prue not guilty and righting the wrongs uh, along with Phoebe, but she is also navigating her new relationship with Leo. Oh, Leo. Oh, Leo. Um, And they might have hit some snags. Mm. Mm. A snafu. We're not sure. Yes. Yet to be confirmed. Phoebe has a very minor plot line this episode. She's really just pursued by Rex, the demon boss himself, and she's loving it. (laughs) And that's really about it. And then she helps, you know. She's, al- she's also yes. helping the other two sisters. Yes. Yeah. She aids and abets in the breaking of a fugitive mm-hmm. from jail. I believe it exactly. was her idea. I believe it was as well. <laughs> yeah. So go Phoebe. Go Phoebe. Go Alyssa Milano. Love you. Okay. So our first scene. Ah. We open on a pile of shopping bags in the shape of Piper. No. Whoops. In the shape of Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> These human-eyed <laughs> plastic bags enter the home. Yeah. In the shape of her sadness. In the shape of her sadness. So, essentially, um, because Prue and Andy have broken up, mm. they decide to do some retail therapy. Indeed. And uh, Piper is skeptical. Yes. So Piper enters the scene in a very fun fashion. Yes. Um, Half-unclothed. <laughs> she's got one of those big shirts that it's like it's supposed to be a boyfriend shirt mm. um a button down that we assume is leo's and she's holding leo's hand and they're running through the manor <laughs> giggling <laughs> oh it's so silly and she bursts in on the scene of shopping bags and freezes everything or leo, leo. <laughs> she freezes leo so one leo doesn't have to be embarrassed by the sisters coming in to interrupt them and two so phoebe and prue can berate her and tease her <laughs> Oh, goodness. It's very silly. But they're supportive. They are. And they love it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they think the relationship is a good and healthy one. Exactly. And they're telling uh, Piper what they've been doing. They've been getting 
Prue a wardrobe for an SHW, a single hot witch. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then Piper tells them to shoo so she can go on cavorting with her lover, Leo. Indeed. Um, So, oh, maybe it's nighttime because Prue gets ready for bed at that point. Oh. She goes upstairs to start getting ready for bed, and she, like, starts to undress. And then <gasps> Rex Buckland. Ugh, the creep he is. I know. He's, like, 60% transparent. He is hovering around her, saying things. And as he says them, she does them. Because she doesn't realize it's him saying them. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's her own subconscious. Yeah, don't trust the voices in your head. No, especially if they have this weird, almost British, almost Australian accent. Dang, <laughs> that is the voice in my head. Duh! <laughs> Damn! Yeah, you know. At blast. <laughs> well, uh, bollocks. Bollocks. Oh, Bloody really hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Um, Crikey. So now we learn that Rex has this new power where he can... Uh, astral project. Astral project. Astral project. Yeah. And he uses it uh, to get Prue in trouble. And also for weirdly nefarious sexual purposes. I don't like this. I didn't like Fun it. stuff. Uh, it seemed in character, though. I, I guess it... Uh, I wasn't surprised, but I was certainly disgusted. Yes, disappointed as well. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of Kit the cat for yes. sensing his presence and stepping in. The yeah. true hero of the story. The true hero. Yeah, as Me. Rex tries to like look down Prue's blouse. Because she's undressing because she thinks she's in the comfort of her own home and privacy. Yeah. Which she should be. Yeah. Which she should be, but instead she's being instructed to put a tiara in her desk, believing it's her notebook. Yes, mm-hmm. a tiara that was stolen from the Buckland auction house and is priced at one million dollars. At least. Million at least. dollars! Could be a million and one. Yeah, but thanks, Kit, for turning to Rex and hissing at him. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, and so Rex... Snaps back snap. to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh. Always trust your pets. They know Thank what's you. up. They know much more than we do. That's true. That's I what we learned from this scene. I really want to see you do a cover of that song in that same jaunty fashion. <laughs> oh, whoop, there comes gravity. Whoop. It's like the Weird Al version of Eminem. Okay, so he like um, rejoins his body, his earthly form. Yeah, and you show that by doing a weird vertigo <laughs> zoom. <laughs> he uncrosses his eyes. <laughs> I enjoy it very much. And he and Hannah have this very um, expositional conversation about what is astral projection? What can you do of it? I don't get it. Can you explain it more in further detail? And he's like, well, instead of explaining it, why don't I just do it on you? And he astral projects to suggest that Hannah undress. And she loves it. Yes. What a very weird dynamic they have. They have a... So you know they're having a lot of fun in that bedroom. The floor, the kitchen, the dungeon, wherever. Ah. Probably. But it's very uncomfortable to watch. Mm -hmm. Indeed. I would rather it not be placed in front of my viewing pane. You know what? I'm going to say that probably Rex and Hannah have like a long-term relationship in which they understand each other and their kinks. Mm -hmm. So when they do this kind of new shit, Hannah expects it by now, and Rex expects whatever Hannah does. So, like, maybe their thing is already spoken about. They Mm -hmm. have a contract or whatever. Maybe. But all I'm going to say is don't astral project to someone who doesn't already give you explicit consent to astral project. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes. I want everyone to take that message to heart. Please do not astral project without consent. Mm-hmm. Don't try new shit without making sure your partner's all right with it. That's probably the more uh, realism-based yes, lesson. Yes, it is. Please bewitch responsibly. Yes, bewitch responsibly. Exactly. That's exactly. Because we learned, we learned how that works out in a few episodes ago when they did a love spell. Oh, <gasps> yes, you're right. It's never good. Yes. It's never good, y'all. So don't. Anyway, but he does because he's a demon. And he talks about planting the tiara. Yes. And, um, yeah. Hannah is me in a lot of this. I'm just going <laughs> to say in this episode where she's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> what is happening? Rex, do we have to? <laughs> um, but anyway. Credits. Opening credits. I am the sun and the air of a shiner's that is Okay. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Clemente. San Mateo. San Mateo Valley. San, Ma- San Marzano. Walnut Ooh. Creek. San Fernando. You're a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> what is it? Um, Chain Company. <laughs> oh, we, this company. is so nice. Now I'm not the only person from the Bay Area. Monique and I went to uh, middle school and high school together. The dark ages. The dark ages. So she understands how ridiculous it is to watch all these San Francisco references. And actually, you got really excited when we were watching it together. You're like, look! His, uh, oh, absolutely. I'm very excited with any San Francisco imagery, especially in his fake penthouse where you get to see the Bay Bridge and the view uh. and the entire Embarcadero financial area. Oh, yeah. That is an expensive penthouse. It would be. Yeah. And then they go to a montage of Prue trying to figure out what to wear. That was pretty fun. That was like a really fun like um, yeah. rom-com opening shot. It's a perfect day. She's like trying on these, just looking in the mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe. Very like, scary moment as she edges towards the beige. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we liked every outfit except the like all tan, all mm. beige. I'm not really a fan of that because it reminds me of like all these gender non-conforming clothing lines but like everything is just beige and kind of a sack (laughs) yeah anyway do better i've been in boston too long to have any appreciation for khaki at this point oh it's too much no more yes the east coast is very preppy i wish she would have just gone with that first dress Uh. that would definitely was more like an evening dress but this black like kind of scoop neck oh Mm. it was so pretty this is our fashion review and this is our Fashion photo review. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> we toot it. Okay, so <laughs> Prue's getting ready for work. Uh, then they all go downstairs, yeah. and the three sisters um, convene before they begin their days. Yes, and another shout-out to Sarah, my sister. Hey, Sarah, you know how Prue says to Phoebe, wow, you look great in my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> my sister texted me and was like, Oh, I heard you like shady shout out to me, and I was like, "Yep, there's more of that <laughs> coming." Thanks, Sarah. Love you. Look in the mirror and remove what belongs to your sister. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Could get kind of like uh, existential of that one. Oh yes. What if my personality belongs to my brother? You are oh. your own person, Sarah. We promise. We love you. Watch the Lego Movie Part Two. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Th- that's a big part of it. Oh, okay. Existentialism is big in it. Yes. That's what I get from my Lego characters. Yes. Absolutely. Anyway, so they're convening. Yes. Phoebe is getting ready to go to the employment agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Prue's getting ready to go to Buckland, and Piper's getting ready to go to the Quake restaurant. Yes. And uh, they say, hold up, Piper. <laughs> Dish. Dish. About your, your night. 
Tell us about that fun sex stuff. Yes, and this is when we learn about all the uh, potential snafus that occurred. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So (laughs) Piper says that it's great, it's wonderful, except there's this one little thing, is that she, uh, like, gets excited and nervous and accidentally freezes Leo. (laughs) Whoops. More than once. Well, yeah. it was an accident the first time. The first time. time. Oh, my God. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they got away with this, honestly. Because it, it feels as though there are some mature topics that have come up mm-hmm. previously. But this is, like, the most blatantly sexual. Right. I yeah. think. Without saying the word sex, it was very obvious that we were talking about sex and the yeah. sexual process itself. Yes. Indeed. And uh, female sexual pleasure. <laughs> I do think that for younger audiences, it still would have been very vague. Mm-hmm. And perhaps they weren't sure they'd be like, freezing during kissing, maybe? Mm. <laughs> Holding hands? That's a fair point. <laughs> maybe it's where we are now that gives us that kind of context mm-hmm. clue. Oh, yeah. I think in our 20s, we're like, (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) whereas maybe if you were a younger viewer, Mm -hmm. no. (laughs) A little more confusion. Yes. Um, (laughs) It was an accident at first. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. You go, Piper. Love you. So they all exit the door, uh, and Leo gives her, uh, Piper, a kiss goodbye. They're so cute. I love them. Yeah. Very pure. Very innocent. Very cute. But also we know when you freeze them during sex, Piper. Mm-hmm. But we don't know exactly That's when. That's her kink. And freeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, actually, I do think we're all a bunch of 12-year-old boys. Ah, fair enough. Which is fine, too. So maybe we should be giving more credit to the younger viewers of the 90s. Maybe, maybe they really should. would know. Maybe they did get it. And, um, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Also, I want to say before we did go on to the next scene that I had written down for my notes in this, uh, Leo, seven exclamation points. Oh, Leo, Leo. (laughs) I feel similarly. I wrote down, uh, this was a quote from Monique as we were watching, and and Leo pulls Piper back in for a kiss. When the heteros are not despicable, it warms me. (laughs) It warms me. We don't get this very often. The bar is low. The bar is very <laughs> Certainly low. Certainly so. Very low. Um, but yeah, Leo's cute. Piper's cute. Good stuff. Sex magic. Okay. <laughs> Sex magic. Sex magic. My favorite topic. So now we go to uh, the manor house. <gasps> They've been robbed. Ah! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like act so. <laughs> I just remembered it as I was saying it. They've been like, robbed. <laughs> yes. So the police are there. Our favorite coppers, Daryl and Andy, mm. dream team. On yeah. the job, on the case. On the case. Daryl and Andy, boop, 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 boop. Um, and they are kind of questioning Prue. Mm-hmm. And they got to take her down to the station. Yes, because the Romanov tiara is missing, mm-hmm. which I recently saw the Broadway uh, version of Anastasia. <gasps> oh. Yes. My friend was visiting, um, and we uh, found, like, half price tickets to the musical for a matinee on Sunday and we went and oh guys it was good oh, it was bless. good uh, Cody Simpson who is a um, what's a good word for describing him he is a teeny bopper oh <laughs> he's an Australian teeny bopper I believe he was playing the lead role of Dimitri was he good he wasn't bad oh wow so no <laughs> yes <laughs> he was good enough he was good okay. enough okay well got it okay so anyway 
The Romanov tiara has the Romanov been stolen. Tiara. One million dollars. One million And upwards, dollars. quite possibly. Most definitely more than one million dollars. It was on the head of Anastasia herself. Oh my god. Huh. Oh. oh gee. We could clone her for Clown High if there's a hair remaining. Oh. Mm. Definitely worth more than a million dollars. So anyway, Prue goes down to the station with them. Yes. And, um... Oh, but wait. Rex and Phoebe? Rex and Phoebe have a conversation. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rex is like, oh, I wish I could take care of this, but I have something going on tonight. It's a concert. You're a bad boss. He's mm-hmm. a bad boss. Phoebe's like, oh, it's a concert. It's The Verve. I don't know The Verve. Bittersweet Symphony, the classic of all classics. (laughs) He was like, hard eyes. Yeah. So Rex is like, oh, I have an extra ticket. I'll just take you. The extra ticket was Hannah's ticket, by the way. Wow. (laughs) She was upset about that. That was really funny. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe they wanted to actually go to a concert. Like, that wasn't just the plot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not outside of their demon activities. Yeah, they were just going to go to a concert and hang out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes your hell demons have to like do a couple of things once in a while to just have fun. A culture know? study. Human culture ah, study. Maybe that was what it was. After a long day of torturing witches, I like to <laughs> unwind at a Verve concert. <laughs> um, so he offers his ticket to Phoebe, and she gladly accepts. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I will also make a note here that Hannah pronounces Tiara Tiara, which mm. is an interesting choice. Tiara. Tiara. Earth in Spanish. <gasps> Ah. Unless you, well, I mean, if you roll the R's, but I'm not going to do this. Because it's going to, yeah, like that. But you know who does roll their R's? Who? <laughs> it's Rex. Ah. After oh, uh, he's invited Phoebe to the concert to split them up, yes. um, he comes in to see Hannah, and Hannah's like, you jerk, you gave oh. the witch my ticket. And Rex does a like, He purrs, and I was gross. not into it. It is. They're fun, kinky kitty shit. Yeah, mm. and she is a cat, we learned later on. She is a cat. On, yeah, which, is which none of us had any real clue about earlier. I feel like <laughs> they just threw that one in it there. It also does not make sense, because that is not a demon form. No, not really. And also, they said earlier in the series that Hannah has horns. horns yeah. Interesting. Question mark? So maybe she has multiple forms. Which writer was responsible for this? Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Brad. Come on. We'll never know. Brad and Cheryl. We anyway, noticed. So <laughs> they have a plot. Basically, we know they have a plot, and we also know that they like kinky sex. Indeed. All right. Good At for them. the police. Station. The precinct. We've got the key words. There were no signs of forced entry into the vault, which means it must have been an inside job. Wow. Written, like, spoken right from the script of every police procedural. Law and Order, SV Prue. Indeed. Uh, can you tell I've been obsessed with Law and Order, SVU recently? I had no idea. Uh, really? <laughs> no idea? <laughs> okay. Oh, my I'm God. Yanking your chain. I know. <laughs> Yank <laughs> harder. <it's> upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the heck up. <laughs> Make me. Oh, no, this is okay, devolving. Sarah, I feel like we shouldn't have any more guests on this. Okay, on no our, more guests. Okay, got cool. it. Got to go. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, so it was an inside job, and uh, Daryl thinks that Prue did it. Yeah, and they let Prue go, and Andy's like, okay, no further questions. And Daryl's like, are you sure you didn't want to ask her more? Because this seems suspicuous. All yes. signs did indeed point to Pro. Yes, yeah. because she did do it. Because she did. <laughs> she did she just didn't. She just didn't know she did it. Right, right. 
Um, we should also take a step back and mention that, Dar- uh, not Daryl, um, Rex and Hannah had mentioned earlier that what they had done was astral project and tell. Did we say this earlier? I'm not sure we did. We mentioned astral projection, but I'm not entirely certain that we mentioned the specific point of him telling her to steal the tiara. Yes. So that is what happened. He convinced her that she was leaving the vault empty-handed, mm-hmm. but she was not. Mm-hmm. Nope. She had the tiara, and she thought it was her date book. Cool. It's a very 90s thing to have. A date book. Yes, it <laughs> is. A planner. Um, so Daryl's suspicious, and Andy is on the fence. Yeah. Yes. Then we go to Quake. And it's Ocean's 8. <laughs> oh. yeah. um, they're talking about the tiara and the issues of Prue knowing that they suspect her, but Prue thinking, well, I'm completely innocent, so I don't mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be resolved. It'll be fine. A fair thought. And However. then Phoebe and Rex come in. Yes. And Phoebe is absolutely shameless. I love Phoebe. Yes, this is post-concert. Post-concert, uh, Rex says something inconsequential, and Phoebe goes, oh, don't you love that accent? And I'm like, not really. Not, not on him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you, Phoebe. It's just you, Phoebe. But, like, I admire the verve ah. and the nerve. <laughs> the noise. The noise. that? Yes, indeed. Um, and also, also, we talked about this when we were watching it, but Phoebe, Alyssa Milano, Phoebe could have anyone. Hmm. She doesn't need Rex. Hmm. I'm just saying that. Even if he wasn't a demon... Piper's like, you know, he's rich, he's stable, let her have fun, be happy for her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know why? Because Phoebe could have anyone. But there is a business opportunity involved. Rex is going to get her a job. That's true. So he says. Oh. So really, she's finessing this whole situation. Mm-hmm. She's doing what she needs to do to Scam get ahead. the system. Yeah, getting those health benefits. Shout, Shout out to Susan. Shout out to Susan. <laughs> oh, hi, Mom. The next morning. Oh, yes. The next morning. Um... Phoebe wakes up, comes downstairs. Uh, Prue and Piper are already downstairs, and there's a huge bouquet of roses. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Yes. And Piper is talking to Leo, I think. Yes? Piper's talking to Leo, and he sa- and says... On the phone. Yeah, on the phone. And says, Leo, I gotta go. A situation is about to come up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, essentially... Phoebe sees all the roses, sees it's from Rex. Rex says that he got her the interview ah. and on, on the little card with the roses. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe is smitten. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. Great. All according to plan. Yeah. Prue is not so smitten. And uh, Phoebe asks, well, why is the box already open of the roses? Piper jumps up. Goes to the roses, like, aren't these some nice roses? I'm going to go put them in some water and a vase. Not in this room. Goodbye. <laughs> Successfully absconds. Yes. As is oh, her tendency. It's a wonderful word. Good job. <laughs> it's a $10 word right there. Oh. Um, SAT word. SAT word. Great. And then search warrant time? Oh, well, there's a little conversation in oh, here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in which Prue tells Phoebe, hey, you know, it's great, I'm happy for you, but I don't really, and I don't really think it's my place to criticize this, but I want to keep my work life separate from my private life, mm-hmm. and I feel as though with you dating my boss, that is not going to happen. <laughs> and so they have a little tiff. Indeed. Um, I also wrote that down. I wrote down work life separate from private life because I appreciate that sentiment. Mm-hmm. I do as well. I would want the same for myself. Yeah. I'd also be angry that Phoebe's fucking my boss, mm. even if it is for a business opportunity. Good for her, <laughs> but like, Someone else's boss. Indeed. Take somebody else. Yeah. Some other rich person. 
rich and stable. Rich and stable person that can get you a job. There's plenty of those in San Francisco. Oh, there are Expensive so city. many. Phoebe could have anyone. That's my... Truly anyone. That's my phrase for this episode. So, and then, yes, they've got a warrant. Yes, yeah, so now it's search warrant time. So uh, Daryl and Andy knock at the door, and they have a warrant from the judge to search the premises for the tiara. And then freeze tag ensues. Yes, so they go up to the bedroom, and Prue is like, I don't have the tiara, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Andy turns to her to say something as he's opened a drawer, and all their sisters see that there's a tiara in there. So uh, Piper freezes everything. And takes the tiara and hides it underneath the pillow, which is so silly. Yes, but then Rex comes in in his astral projection form and says, uh, um, Check under that goddamn yeah, pillow. Daryl and Andy, check under the pillow. And then this keeps happening where they would move, they would freeze, they would move the tiara, and then Rex would be like, Check underneath the thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like a who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third kind of segment. Like, it's a very kind of slapstick, almost, Yeah. segment. Like, a doop doop doop. I can imagine it in a silent film. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have one ghost in the corner, <laughs> like, yeah. the police detectives. <laughs> um, okay. So, eventually, uh, Phoebe gets that tiara out of the room and up to the attic, and Rex gives up, and he's all frustrated. And uh, the two detectives decide that there is no tiara. None. Tierra. Tierra. <laughs> we gotcha. And they uh, make their leave. Yes. They make their exit. Swoosh. Yes. And, um... Oh, by the way, Piper's getting better at freezing, like, on command. Oh, yeah. She's on accident. Yeah. On accident, on command. Both. Both. Makes you wonder <laughs> about that accidental freezing with Leo, doesn't mm. it? Only the first time. Only the first time. Um, and then... Rex is astral projecting to multiple people and suggesting things to multiple people. And he says some things right next to Piper. He says, this is getting ridiculous. And then she goes, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> and he also says, like, you're a miserable witch to Piper, which is really mean. <laughs> and at the end of the segment, Piper goes, I feel like calling a shrink for some <laughs> reason. Which I also wrote down because I thought that that was a great line. I also like that line. We go back to Rex astral projected mm. and he's like rah, 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 rah. and Hannah says well we ought to do something else and Rex goes we gotta up the stakes ah. mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it for that and then we go back to the hello manor and uh, they're trying to figure out what who put the tiara yes. somewhere oh yeah and uh, Phoebe suggests well maybe it was Leo have you ever thought that Leo is maybe not yes. the guy you think he is and then Piper says, why does everyone think it's the guy I'm dating who's a warlock? And then she says, don't answer that. And then the <laughs> phone rings, and she says, answer that. It's so ah! So, yes, Phoebe picks up. Rex wants to talk to her, and Phoebe's like, oh, hi, Rex. And uh, Piper is there with the feather duster. Yeah, that's really <laughs> fun. That was a fun little sisterly moment. And uh, my ship of the week is Holly Marie Combs and a feather duster. Anyway, <laughs> so Leo goes to fix something. Yes. But he's actually, he goes up to the attic. Yes. And this is a scene of revelations. Mm -hmm. Quite suspicious. He has magic. Leo has magic, but we don't know what really it is. We don't know what it's for. Yeah. We don't know whether he's nefarious. Is he a warlock? Is he a a demon? We don't know. All I know is that he does a little come hither. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and that drawer sure opened for him. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
and who wouldn't? And at With that very buns. at that very moment, I was like, well, I know where it froze. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so Leo has to leave. Leo tells Piper. Oh, I will say that my note for this was Leo with six question marks. Six. And that's my you note. Get so serious whenever you say my note for this. Leo, seven exclamation points. Leo, six question marks. Agreed. Yeah. These are important notes. These yes. are very important notes. I wonder when our documents are lost to time and then rediscovered and archived, what will the aliens think? Leo? Leo. Leo. <laughs> Okay, so mm. Leo, and then Leo says he may have to leave. Mm. He has to tell Piper. Yeah. I gotta go far away, possibly. But, I, but I'll but i let you know. Yeah. But I just want to keep no you informed. No real where, when, why, or how given. Mm-hmm. Very no. mysterious. We don't know where he originally came from, what his purpose here is, and what he actually feels towards Piper. Yeah. Question, 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 question mark. Six of them. Mm. Okay, moving on. San Francisco. It's night. Night time. Evening. It's evening. Evening. Um, and Phoebe goes to Rex. Yes, he's she's going to a dinner party, but it's not a dinner party. It is a dinner party. It is a dinner party of two. He's tricked her once more. I don't Again, like this. Another evidence of his yes. creepery. Never do this to somebody. Never do this to somebody. Never tell them that you're inviting them to a group event and then have it just be you yeah. two. That happened to me once. Oh. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. I showed up, and this person had told me there would be more people. Mm, they were leaving as I was arriving, and Yikes. it made me feel very uncomfortable. Well, no that's matter, manipulation. It, it was manipulation. Yes, that's what that is. No matter yeah. what I, would, I felt toward this person previously, that move made me feel very uncomfortable. Don't do this. Rex is a demon. Phoebe dashes off in a rush, and Rex's apartment goes back to what it once was, which was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yes. What a complex plot. <laughs> Actually, I feel like they, the villains in this are being given, because it's Rex and Hannah and they've had several episodes to kind of develop, their, they are actually being given, like, if not necessarily motive, they have more of an invested interest in really not killing the Charmed Ones, but taking their powers in a way that is more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And I am enjoying that. Mm. Yes. It's mm. kind of like a little bit of a heist movie as well. Right. Because mm-hmm. I got to get the... Ocean's 8. Ah. Ocean's 8. Ah. All right. So um, let me see if I had any more notes about that. What was she sitting on? Sorry. <laughs> right. I wondered about the furniture. And if it had progressed, like, where would they go? What would they use? Did he just, like, trick her mind so fully that she was like, I'm sitting. But she was just, like, crouching? It's very possible. The mind is very easily manipulated yeah. in this way, especially if we're using magic. True. And the body can do anything, like sit in normal fashion, mm-hmm. but not be sitting on anything. Right. Once you trick your mind into thinking that it's possible, anything is anything can happen. That's so funny. At least now I we know she's got some that. powerful glutes. Yes, indeed. Good butt. Good butt. Everybody uh, on the show has got a good butt. Good butt. Those okay. cross buns. Oh, and then Rex says, uh, as... Um, Phoebe's leaving, he calls 911 and goes, hey, I think there's someone attacking me at the Buckland Auction Manor house. Hey, op. Is that too many words? That is. Buckland Auction. Buckland Auction. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand, indeed. And so Prue is at her desk, and she uh, 
Well, first she was talking to Jaime, the security guard, who says, Prue, I know you didn't do it. You wouldn't do it. And she's like, thanks, Jaime. But she goes to her desk. She's the last one in the building. And Rex Astro projects and starts to scare her into running. And as she's running, she sees Phoebe? Is that right? No, uh, she hears a scream, or she thinks she hears a scream, because he actually projects and says, now you hear someone screaming from the basement. Or, well, first, she, like, investigates Hannah's computer, mm-hmm. and she finds out that Hannah and Rex don't really exist. That's right. She finds Hannah and Rex don't exist in the system, and then she runs toward the elevator, and she hears someone screaming in the basement, so she goes down to check it out. And in the basement, Hannah attacked Jaime. She knocks him on the noggin. With some plastic prop that yeah. clinks onto the floor, letting us know exactly how hollow it yeah. is. And she, <laughs> so and she leaves the missing security tape in order to frame Prue. Rex astral projects and tells Prue to pick up the artifact that had been used to hit Jaime over the head. Yes. Um, so Prue is there, and she sees Jaime, the security tape, and the object that she's still holding in her hand. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Phoebe comes in and says, Jaime's dead. Yeah. Cut to commercial. Suspense. Ha. <laughs> so that was a rather quick end for Jaime. Yeah, I was actually really enjoying his character. He seemed warm and friendly. And I was like, I should have known. I should have known they just wouldn't introduce this side character and not try to break our hearts. That was <laughs> a bummer. Yeah. I also was confused because, like you said, that was a hollow-sounding artifact, mm-hmm. and he was certainly Myrtle-Dirtled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no there's, blood. Okay, I will say that while Charmed may have some fun with the villains' plots, they're not very clear on this whole murder situation, and especially not how the legal system works, <laughs> um, which we'll get into in just a second. Constant struggle between magic and the legal system. Indeed, mm. indeed, and magic writers and legal system writers. <laughs> so we come back from commercial break, and Phoebe and Prue are discussing how Prue was set up. Yes. And Phoebe is saying, how did somebody, somebody must have known that I was going to be a, a witness to uh, convict my own sister, essentially. They were discussing this pretty openly, too. Yeah, and Daryl and Andy are there listening to them like, "Uh, ladies, can we ask a few questions? (laughs) Can we (laughs) ask the questions now? Yeah, and the missing, they find out that the security tape that Jaime had right there was the missing security tape that uh, Daryl and Andy needed to find to show Prue coming out of the vault with the tiara. Mm -hmm. And so they have enough evidence in order to take Prue in. On suspicion of murder. Suspicion. You're arrested on suspicion of murder. <laughs> I know my rights. Did they read her her rights? Uh, no. Certainly not. They didn't read her her rights. Mm-hmm. Well, therefore, she has not been properly Mirandized, so she Mm-mm. can get the heck out of there. She's not been given due process. And this whole point is moot. Yeah. No need Indeed. to worry. And who's That's your- us, your three lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> We've got your back. Put us in there. We <laughs> notice. I object. From the offices of Wong, Warner, and... Javrotsky. Yes. I love it. Wong, Warner, and Javrotsky Incorporated. Those are names I trust. LLC. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the real crime that's been committed here is Andy's hair gel situation. <laughs> <laughs> Arrest him, officer. <laughs> that's delightful. Take him down. Give him a shower. Hose him off. 
So <laughs> Piper and Phoebe, Sustained. while uh, Prue is being taken to jail, um, or to, yeah, jail, not yes. prison. A holding um, cell. Mm-hmm. A holding cell. Uh, Piper and Phoebe go to find the apartment that Piper was in. No, Phoebe was in the last night. And they find it, and they open it, and straight there's up empty. nothing yeah. there. Because they were going to go find Rex for help. Yes. Mm-hmm. But now, things don't look very good for him. Yeah, and Phoebe, all at once, says, well, it could be this or this. It's astral projection. <laughs> so Phoebe's been studying up. Yeah, she like already was on it. She knew what, what was happening. Um, and she was like, I think Rex is a warlock and a bad, evil warlock. And Piper goes, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> no longer she thinks doing that. But, but who's to say? Who's to say? Maybe so. Maybe so. It might be Leo. It might be Leo. We're not sure. Anyway, so... Then back in the holding cell, Prue throws a creepy dude against the wall with her mind, no. and that's the constant mood of 2019. Good feel. Big he feel. Guards himself with a pillow. <laughs> yeah. And then we go back to the precinct, and uh, Daryl and Andy are they're talking, and Daryl is saying, hey, so, um, you oh, know. He, like, starts a scene staring out the window, yeah. like, arm resting against it, the blinds, like, shadows across his face. And Daryl's like, hey, I know this is hard for you, bud. And Andy's like, you're darn right it's hard for me. <laughs> you have no idea. Throws out his badge on the, on the desk. <laughs> Here's my gun and my badge. <laughs> I'm walking out. Um, and essentially, they talk about how Prue may have been leading a secret like life of crime. And Andy's like, no, I don't know. That's I'm, right, because Daryl says... Didn't you break up with her because you thought she was hiding something? Mm-hmm. And Daryl's like, maybe it's her life of crime that she was yeah. hiding. Which is not true, but she definitely was hiding in another identity. So mm, indeed, indeed. You know? And I wrote down in my notes that this close shot, reverse shot of Daryl and Andy was very intimate. Oh, I didn't even notice. It, it was. Because they haven't done these kinds of shot, reverse shots, really, with two people who are kind of at the same height or a similar height. Oh. So it, it feels very focused. And it's it's interesting because the only other shot reverse shots that have happened really have been with the sisters and then with Prue and Andy. Mm. So there's very much an intimacy about this technique, I think. Mm. At least for the show because they don't really use it a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not to backtrack, but I was honestly very distracted by the close-up crust of the hair gel. So oh. ah. I also didn't really notice the intimacy. A crime. A crime. A crime. Fashion. Fashion police. Stop. You've been torturing your hair. I can't go back to jail. <laughs> can't go back to gel. Ah. <laughs> okay, we can keep the gas. I think this is fine. Good, good, good. So, secret <laughs> life of crime. Um... So Detective Phoebe and Piper are on the case, and they're going to break Prue out of jail. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. Yes. I actually thought that they were going to try to get themselves into jail because they were like, they're going to try to break up the power of three. We got to stop that. And I was like, so you're all going to go to jail. <laughs> Another bad idea. Right. So they have this big old thing um, in which they're breaking Prue out, <laughs> and Piper freezes the guards but the thing is she is constantly worried about her freezing powers not lasting that long Mm -hmm. the guards would obviously notice that prue is gone even though she like 
put some pillows under yeah, the blanket. Yeah, because she was standing, and then she wasn't. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. It's very sad. Like the cellmate would have noticed, or the the guy on the opposite side of the yeah, of the, the cell. leering individual. Yeah, the leering lascivious man would have noticed. And with all the evidence stacked up against Prue in the first place, why would it help at all to have her break out of jail and just confirm all these suspicions that are surrounding her? Yeah. Yeah. So doesn't we're not make thinking sense. here. It just makes point. enough sense for them to break her out of jail, and then Rex shows up and takes a Polaroid of them. <laughs> Incredible. And uh, to say that he's going to blackmail them, and good, good, get the villain <laughs> tomorrow. And I feel like it would have been so easy for, for Prue to just, like, use her telekinesis to get the photo. Yeah. Phoebe's the only one that's been studying. They've all forgotten their own powers. Oh, that's Apparently. True. Also, I guess they're just shocked. You know, that it's yeah. Rex, because it's somebody they actually know very well. Again, it's a Jeremy situation. Mm. Oh, well, this is also the moment that they're all f- realizing that Rex does have these malicious intentions. Because they were each suspecting it for mm-hmm. different evidential reasons. But now, all three, with this Polaroid, they're like, shit, he's really trying to get us. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, um, the mask is revealed, or lifted. Is that the phrase? I believe so. Mission Impossible. <laughs> I'm your face. Fa- off. <laughs> face okay. Off. And underneath that face is another face that looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> same pasty old man. Yeah, pretty much. So they all go back to the manor. Oh, wait. After Rex asks them. Yes. Uh, he says, I'm going to blackmail you. If you don't give up your powers, then I will get you thrown in jail. Again. Uh, again. <laughs> um, well, okay, so we know that grand larceny is punishable by 10 to 15 years in jail for Prue. They could get her out of jail. Um, so what Rex does is he tells them that there's a spell in their Book of Shadows, and it will make them give up their powers, and those powers can be stored in this handy-dandy lantern that he's been carrying around. <laughs> Very convenient. And then... They have to bring the lantern to him at the auction house. Yes. And um, also, before this scene ends, there's a moment where one of the sisters says, go to hell. And Rex goes, I'd love to. I miss it terribly. Me and too, that darling. Is a great, a great comeback. I'm going to use it forever. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it. All right, been there. Um, I, I personally like the Buffy go to hell. I've been there twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they go back home. With the lantern. Yes. And they're discussing, okay, should we give up our powers? And Phoebe is really saying, no, we can't do that. We need these. They make us special. These powers are gifts. And Mm -hmm. Prue says, I know that. And Piper also knows that. And I think that is wonderful. Yeah. In 10 episodes, they've come far enough to know that giving up their powers, something that both Prue and Piper really wanted to do at the very beginning of getting the powers, is now not an option that they really want to follow through on because it's something that's integral to their being. They say a really beautiful line where they were like, these powers show are part of who we are, who we've become, and who we've come from. Mm. And I was like, that is good writing. That's right. I feel that. That is good writing. It made me feel all sorts of gay feelings. <laughs> oh. All right, get back to it. Okay, get back to okay, it. okay, okay, okay. No more doing feelings. a pod Come here. on. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about this is that Piper says, we don't want to let you die in jail. There's a gross misrepresentation, I think, of how serious this crime is (laughs) and how the justice system works. You're going to die in jail 10 to 15 years 
question mark they haven't even gone to indictment yet yeah they haven't even gone to trot anyway it is an issue though of people spending more time than they should be in jail usually because there's like no cash bail system that works for a lot of people because a lot of people who end up in jail are usually marginalized or vulnerable people Mm -hmm. so they don't have the resources to get out of jail and like or enter the um court system like in a way that's actually helpful so they just kind of stay in jail and they like stay there indefinitely so maybe they're not really commenting on that but that is a reality for many people yeah i believe that they're not commenting on that at all um i I, think what you said yeah i think what you said is a really really good point but i the reason i think this is so dramatic is because the hallowell sisters do have the means yeah pretty much not uh, i mean if they kept their powers especially they could break prue out I, I just... Mm. They're fairly privileged individuals. Yes, yeah. and they are fairly privileged individuals. So I don't think it was a commentary on, like, how difficult the system is to get out of once you're in there. Um, but it's a very good point, just of discussion. Yeah. More so their privileged perspective of ignorance about the legal system. Yes. Yes. They've really never had to yes. navigate up until now, apparently. That's a great, great way of summarizing. Good old point. Anyway, so they decide, rather than risk... Prue going to jail and being blackmailed, they are, well, they're going to give in to the extortion. They're going to give their powers. Or so we think. Or so, so we think. It's because Leo is behind a wall listening the entire time. Mm-hmm. Good old Leo. We mm. still don't know what's going on with Leo. So it's a very simple spell. Vanish our, wor- banish these words, vanish our powers. Yes. And whoop, 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 whoop. They all do the little light spinny thing that they did in the very first episode. Ah, callback. Callback, and you hear the same wind chimes. Lots and lots of wind chimes. So if you hear a wind chime, magic. 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 You know it's magic. Um, So this is praying away the gay and putting it in a lantern. Dear God. I know. I can't help how I see it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I see everything like, you know. It's just the metaphor is extended. Anyway. No, no. Um, So they have. It's a good lens to view it through. Yes. My only lens. Um, so they... Shakes out the Polaroid. <laughs> They're expensive. Yeah. They're her brand. Her brand. Uh, <laughs> Look with special, special lens. Oh, dear. My special <laughs> rainbow-colored lens. So they are going to go to the auction house and take the lantern with them. And now they're, like, coming up with a series of... What do we do when we bring them the lantern? And Phoebe's like, we step on it. We throw it down and we step on it. <laughs> Um, which I still really enjoy. And that's not really an important part of the plot. I just wanted to mention it. Which is a great part. Which is a great part. And then uh, there's a disgusting morph that happens with oh. Hannah and Rex in which Hannah turns into a puma? Jaguar? Panther. 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 Oh. She turns into a panther and we're like, great. Got those anamorphs flashbacks. <laughs> Um, and so that's all we know she's a big cat and uh, then we're back at the precinct and detective Andy is still on the case inspector Trudeau and he finds that Hannah and Rex are not who they say they are (gasps) yes in fact the names of the people of Hannah and Rex were on open murder cases <gasps> that happened on the same day in mm. 1998. It's Andy, probably a coincidence. Andy at his desk talking to himself is a mood. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Well, my Hannah, you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you now." 
<laughs> so like the janitor's like walking past the desk and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and these warlocks obviously don't understand police procedure either. If they left these murders open, like didn't yeah. even hide anyway. It's sloppy. It's sloppy. It's, if it's they can sloppy. also change into any form, why didn't they adopt the form of the people they murdered? A good, good point. Question. That would have been the obvious decision. Oh huh? my god. So Foolishness. Maybe these mm. villains are not so super. They're Satan's lackeys. We've got some some bigger fish to fry soon. Huh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps Leo. Mm. So, oh. speaking of, we go to the attic, and the sisters have departed and are going to give their powers to Rex. But Leo is in the attic, and he finds the book. Yes. The blank paged book. And he uses what his. What is he going to do with it? He uses his magic glowy hands to make words come back on the book. Yeah, and now the book is... That's how you write. That's how you write. Talented fingers. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) And the, yeah, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if anything was happening with those fingers when Piper was with him, because obviously she doesn't seem to know anything about him. Mm -mm. It's true. So... But his fingers are magical, in more ways than one. Yeah, truly. Incredibly so. Interesting. <laughs> okay, I cut you off from your talking about how he brings the words back onto the page. Yeah, well, he just revives the book. Everything comes back. He just does it. And um, and as they're giving the lantern to Rex... They're not going to stomp on it. They're not going to stomp on it. Uh, they can't, but then their, their powers start coming back. Yes, and this happens just as um, Hannah, in panther form, is mm-hmm. stalking them, about to leap and kill them. And kill them. And so Rex essentially says, oh, this is too easy and clean. I'm going to have Hannah kill you. But their powers come back, and Hannah leaps, and Piper freezes her. Yeah. How what? How did you do that? Sick copy paste action. <laughs> yeah, this looks exactly like the Puma logo. Oh my god! <laughs> like if you just do a freeze frame, it's just like mm. a copy pasted Puma logo. I did not even notice. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And we click and drag Rex over into the line of fire. Of oh Hannah. yeah, that's exactly what happens. So they rush out of the way, and then um, uh, Prue, Prue uses yeah. her magical powers to shift Rex into the line of fire of Hannah's leaping action. And so she can't stop herself in time, and they unfreeze, and she mauls Rex and kills him dead. Dead. All too convenient. All too convenient. Very convenient. Dead. And she morphs back into Hannah. She looks at the charmed ones. What have you done? What have you done? Agog, aghast, and then the hellfire brings them back. That's exactly, that's such a good summary. You should come on every episode. You always, like, wrap it up so neatly, every scene. Well, thank you. Monique I'd love to be back. replace me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the special guest should just I'll be our regular guest and that you should. <laughs> I'll enjoy my own character arc over this episode because I was like, I don't know about this guest, and then we should keep the guest, and maybe the guest should replace you. <laughs> wow. Let's <laughs> have some character development here. Shayna sees herself out of the room and promptly quits the studio. Was that, did, did you hear a voice? Should it? Should I, I didn't hear anything. Do you want to? Okay, you're going to go. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't stop. Okay. Can't stop, so, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. So Hannah gets burned and melted, and and all that's left of Hannah and Rex's corpse are is ash. Pile of ash. And uh, But as Hannah is being sucked into the underworld, we assume, uh, she says, no, he failed. He failed. It wasn't me. He failed. 
So this indicates a larger demonic network, I think, yeah. going on. Someone else is after the Charmed Ones. There's a bigger plot at work. Yeah, which is exciting. A lot of things have advanced in this episode. Hmm. And, um, Magical well, 10. Including Leo. We don't, you know, we want to know what that is. Are you um, just trying to go for all the sexual innuendos? No, I oh, wasn't. Okay, I, th- I was. Totally oh! <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, no, I was just saying that there's a bigger arc with Leo that oh, we're not okay. sure of yet. I was the 12 year old boy. You <laughs> were. <laughs> we were all the 12 year old boy. Gender is irrelevant and we're all pervy. Okay. Uh, which is fine. Andy and Daryl go to the jail in order to tell Prue that she's been cleared of all charges. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they come into the cell and it looks like it's still just the pillows under the blanket. And Prue didn't get back in time. But wait, they take the blanket off and it's Prue under there. Fake out. Woo! <laughs> she made it back. Um, and then also referencing the discussion we had earlier about how you guys really noticed the... Um, intimate like close-up shots between down andy beforehand and like i that like totally went over my head i was really paying attention to how they used a handheld camera yeah. for the first time oh. yeah as they were like entering the jail cell i was like why is this so shaky this is actually not the first time they've used a handheld oh this is probably the second time the first time was in the very first episode oh very first scene again another call back to this premiere Mm-hmm. wow indeed because of the guy who came in to murder the witch well it was jeremy Jeremy coming in, it was like a POV. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. But it is very infrequent, though. Yes. Yeah. So that's important. All right. Thanks. And Beat it. <laughs> okay, so they let her go? They let her go. Not without Andy saying, hmm, why was this photo of you three yeah, do they in just, Rex's possession? Why would they gloss over that? Quite photogenic. <laughs> Quite photogenic. Andy knows something's up. Yeah. He. I forgot. Was he mind wiped to not know she's a witch? Or yeah, she did sh- that. Yeah, he doesn't know. Okay, interesting. So Andy still has. He stays suspicious. He stays suspicious, he stay but suspicious. he's friendly. He's friend. He's on their side. Okay. And he pretty much has been this whole episode not believing that Prue is capable mm-hmm. of doing something like this. Which is great because it's so different from the last episode. Yeah. So Andy's going through a change of his own. Yeah. Mm. All this personal growth. Yeah, it's that's touching. what that is. Yeah. Warms me. Warms. <sighs> my worm heart is warmed. Mm, my worm heart. Yuck. <laughs> With that, they get out of jail, and they go back to the manor, and they're um, back up in the attic, and they're trying to figure out how they got their powers back because they did the spell, and mm-hmm. they were fully planning on giving it over to Rex. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's Piper who suggests, well, maybe we screwed the spell up. Maybe we didn't do it right. Phoebe says, no, we did it right. And then Leo comes in. Oh, yeah. Left my toolbox. Whoops. Yeah. And Phoebe's like, hmm, left his toolbox. Left a little more than that. I don't don't remember that being up there. And uh, Leo says, well, you know what Freud said about leaving, you know, the stuff. It means you want to come back. So it was very sweet. So is he going? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going. Leaving. He tells Piper that he has to leave, but mm-hmm. he'll be back. He knows he'll be back. So suspicious. Very suspicious. Yeah. And that's how we close. Yep. 
That's the end of the episode. We did it yet again. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. For the tenth time in a row. For the tenth. This was our tenth episode. Our big ten, our one zero. We're in double digits now. Deez, deez. I'm very excited deez. about this. I wanted to say that at the end of this episode, as Phoebe, Piper, and Prue were celebrating the return of their powers, they cheered, witches forever. And I want that to be our cheer. Witches forever. Aww. Till next time. Which is forever. That's cute, actually. I like that. Okay, I'm down. Okay, cool. I'm down. Um, I would like to ask, any predictions on Leo? I feel he's Warlockian, but you tell me that Warlocks are inherently evil, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. makes me question... So we've been told. So we've been told. By the show so far. I think he's angelic. Angelic. I was wondering that. Because he disintegrates into a little sparkle of light that drifts away into the sunrise And those glowing hands. Yeah, the glowing hands. Angels. And he's just so sweet. How could he not be an angel? That's... That's fair. Right. With those blue eyes. That blonde mm. hair. I don't know what color his eyes are, actually. Oh, but more on the point of Leo being an angel. Yes. How he was able to bring back those words essentially from nothing. Like, he has the power of the universe itself. Oh. Like, it clearly shows that his powers are much greater than what the witches could do, which is interesting. Yeah, or he's been... Like, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, it brought us back to the whole angel point. Yeah, and I think maybe not just that he also has powers that are more greater than the average mortal, but also maybe he's been given more permission to do things than an average mortal can't do. From the Lord himself. Perhaps. Shane is the only one who knows what's real here. Exactly. I'm not saying anything. Yippa-dippa-doo. Rude. I'm just glad that Leo's in this series. I like his buns. Okay. We get his hot cross buns at least one more time. Oh. We hope. Fantastic. <laughs> And I will ask, how many Jeremy's? Probably not many for me. Underwhelming, honestly. The whole Panther early attack? Photoshop action, <laughs> the copy paste, it really, yeah. really left me giggly. Yeah. I agree. I think they deserved more mm-hmm. because they had been in so many episodes. There was a huge buildup. And yeah, and even in this episode alone, they had been plotting for yeah. so long. Yeah. And like, Rex doesn't even scream. He just he's gets, gone. yeah, he's, it's over. And then Hannah shouts like, don't take me. And then the fire comes up. Like, what? That's it. That's all we get. I know. Showing that probably we're really low level demons. So that uh, is promising for the kind of high stake demonology we're going to get later. I guess so. But I wonder why haven't the big demons come after the charmed ones yet? Well, it's only episode 10. Perhaps they don't think yet that the Charmed Ones are worthy enough to send the big demons. Right. Perchance. But they are supposed to be the most powerful witches. Maybe they think that they're not, like, at their most peak power yet. They did just get these powers. That's totally true. I, as a demon, would kill them earlier when they're weaker. And I'd send in someone that I knew could get the job done. Well, he certainly tried. Yeah. Hannah was on track to maul them as the panther. That's true. They got pretty close. Okay. It wasn't All their right. fault. I think other third parties might have helped the Charmed Ones in this it case. It wasn't her fault. That's true. That's it was true. he who failed. Ah. Every woman. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> true. All right. Well, I'm going to give it a two. All right. Two. I think I'm in agreement. I think it's about a two. Underwhelming, but not wow. the worst. Two, two, two from all the judges. Rex and <laughs> Hannah, you have failed. Aww. Better well, luck next time. Better luck next time if you do come back. Bum, bum, bum. Hopefully not. I'm sick of that man. Oh. Ah! That pasty man. Yeah, he's a bit unsavory. Before we close out, is there anything else we'd like to add? It's good seeing you again. 
It's good to have our first special guest. Thank yeah. you for having me. I love being here. You've been a joy. Thank you. That's all I want. A joy. My Delightful. replacement. <laughs> love it. This was an interview. This was, <laughs> this was a job interview. You got it. Congratulations. Oh, I'm going to go retire. God. I'm going to go From to... From the lucrative career of podcasting? Yes. I'm going to take all my savings and buy my craftsman house in Ashland, Oregon. Huh. And have my two dogs there. Y'all can come visit me when you want. I'm going to take all my savings from this podcast and buy a stick of gum. <laughs> <laughs> One Skittle. Um, thank you all so much for listening, for coming on this journey with us. And I have nothing else to say except I can't believe you're still listening to this. Please follow us. Every platform possible. Everywhere. We, you can uh, contact us at charmedspellcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Charmed Spellcast. I'm Shayna. You can find me at Shayna Macy. I'm Bryce. I'm rebranding because nude.js was too niche of a joke that only I found funny. So I'm going to be your best Bryce. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Your best Bryce. Oh, and also at Finished Foodstagram. All right. I have an Instagram. It's just my own personal thing, at Nucleotoad. Like a nucleotide. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I worked hard. So Man, please, 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 your best price. feel free to email us. Uh, let us know if you leave a review. We'll write you a jingle. And please enjoy the song from Monique and I that I wrote when I was in high school. So we're cheating. It's beautiful, uh-huh. though. I love it. But um, I really wanted to be able to have Monique sing. You guys have both wonderful voices. Well, thank, thank you. you. And I... Uh-huh. Which is forever. Which is forever. I'm sorry, dear, but we were out of time. The clock ticked near, but the hands were mine. Never meant to cast you as the liar
You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.